Somebody say amen. Amen. Are y'all ready? Isn't Easter wonderful? Now, this is my favorite day of the year to preach. And I promise to have you out before three. And the visitor said, oh, my God, are you serious? Somebody asked me one time, says, what are y'all doing there for a whole hour? And I said, hour? (laughs) No, this is my favorite day, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. I'm not going to give you my testimony today. I'm going to wait later. But um, when I was a 22-year-old young man, it was the first time I ever heard the gospel in my life. Now, I went to church, and I'm not blaming the church. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) It could have been true. I never heard it. When I got born again, I didn't even know what happened to me. But I became very God-conscious, aware of His presence all the time. And driving down the road one day, I said, what happened to me? I had no idea. Yeah, uh, about, about several months after that, um, I, was, I was talking to the Lord. And I said, um, I said you know, you, you gave different preachers messages like Kenneth Copeland, Prosperity, Brother Hagin, Faith. Give me a message. I thought it would make me a big dog instead of a little puppy. And he says, well, you want a, a message? I said, yes, sir. He said, Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and sat down at the right hand of God. I haven't started writing yet. I'm waiting on him to get to the message. <laughs> and he stopped, and I said, go on. He said, that's it. And I said, I said, I know that. And he said, no, you don't. I've spent 40 years studying this one subject of what happened when he died on that cross. And I, don't, I think I barely scratched the surface. This is probably one of the most powerful things. So I named my sermon The Greatest Story and Never Told. Because, and I'm not being critical of church. In today's churches, we hear a lot of sermons on success prosperity. We don't hear a lot on, the, on, on what Jesus did. And I think it's missing, and it's sad that it's the only time we ever preach it's Easter. So because I have the in-laws and the outlaws here today, you know who I'm talking about. If they drug you in here, you're an outlaw. Okay. It's my honor. It's my honor to tell you the greatest story that you've never heard in your life. So let's open in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning, and I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice that they'll hear and understand, and they'll grasp a hold of what you did and and why this day is actually the greatest day in the history of the earth, the day that you died and rose from the dead. And all time revolves around this one moment and will for all eternity. But what does it mean, and what, what does it affect us? And I ask your grace to be here. I ask your presence to be here. And I ask that we walk out of here today with a full understanding. I ask you to change lives. I claim the soul of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this building. In Jesus' name. If you would do me a favor and turn to Mark chapter 8 with me. Verse 34. And he called his disciples and and he said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... Of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes with the, in the glory with his Father and his holy angels. Out of every day of your life and my life, and you know, I'm 64, and yet I married Lisa a year ago. And I was in high school five years ago. Have you all ever noticed that time seems to move faster than you? The other day I was asking my body to do something and it said No. And I I could not believe, I looked in the mirror one day and I told Lisa, I said, who is that guy? Because that's not the way I see myself. 
when I think I'm younger than I am because I'm inside me. But, um, but I've noticed that time is moving very quickly. And I've also noticed that our time on this earth is really not very long. The whole issue of your life is everything that you do in life doesn't amount to a hill of beans the day you die. Unless you've met Jesus. That's a powerful statement for me to make to you. Because we think that life is about getting a job and getting a car and raising kids. And it is. Thank God for all those things. But all of it doesn't matter when you're laying on your deathbed. And you did and went and saw. But Jesus is not Lord. I want to read a few stats to you. 51% of the people in the United States of America say that they're going to heaven because they're good. They're not. They're deceived. 151,600 people die in the earth every day, and 104,700 of them go to hell. 6,316 people die every hour, but only 4,700 of them, 4,700 of them don't make heaven and go to hell. 106 people die every minute, 80 of them every minute die and go to hell. Three quarters of the people, or, yeah, three quarters of the people on this earth when they die do not go to heaven. That's a travesty. It is not a, it's not a good thing. But yet, everything we do on Easter is to point to us on what God did about that. And I think it's sad that a person lives his whole life and never one time opens his Bible to find out whether he's going or not. And doesn't know anything about it. Kind of like flip a coin, hope I'm right. That's a pretty big piece of stupid. Because hell's forever and ever and ever and ever, and you never come out. The guy read the book, 23 Minutes in Hell. He was there 23 minutes, and it says when Jesus brought him up, he laid in his living room in a fetal position screaming. It terrorized him so much he couldn't talk for a year. 23 minutes terrorized him. I wonder what happens after 23 days or years or 23,000 years, what that's like. It's a big decision, and I don't think a lot of us are really sitting back and going, let's talk about it. So today, I want to talk about what Jesus did for us on the cross. If you would, um, is that all right? Get a little more excited than that, and, or, or I am going to keep you here till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, because I have that many notes. I actually do. Um, Mark 15, go to Mark chapter 15, and I want to start with, why did Jesus die on a cross? Or what did he do? We've all heard the story. 1533, it says, the sixth hour about noon, darkness came over the whole land to the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice and say, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood by heard it, and it says, he's calling for Elijah. Let's, and if someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine and a reed and offered it to him as drink and said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes and takes him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and breathed his last. He died. Now, I want to go back and I'll go over the little bit of this for you for just a minute, because as you read it, we're going to miss a few things. It says, the sixth hour, which was noon, darkness covered the land until three in the afternoon. That wasn't an eclipse. That had never happened before. Because so much so, and you understand that when, when God made man in the garden and he made Adam and Eve and Adam sinned, Adam is the f- reason, he's the fault of all of the mess we're in, and, and we didn't cause it. You always wanted to blame someone, blame Adam, hallelujah. And Adam caused this mess, and God decided that it was time for a second race. And, and God understanding that we had a mess. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God is a just God. That means he's a righteous God. That means he demands perfection, but he's also a God of love, which, which causes a conflict in his own soul. Even though he is a just God and he demands perfection, he's also a just God and he loves us. So what does he do about it? Knowing that we had made a mess out of this, and all mankind had, he decided to come down himself. We call that Christmas. That was the last time I saw some of y'all. 
So Emmanuel, God with us, God came among us and walked among us. And, the, and, and so because he was born of a virgin, the blood flowing through his body was not the blood of, of Adam. It wasn't the blood of a man, it was the blood of God. But yet he left his deity behind and walked the earth. A perfect man loving us who didn't deserve it. And, the, and, and, and at the end of his life, because he claimed to be the son of God, which he was, and he proved it by the signs and wonders and miracles that he did. When you have a boat and you walk up and ask the guys what they're doing and you're standing outside of it, you're not like everybody else. Okay. So him being who he is, but they took him because he said he was the son of God and nailed him to a cross. But they didn't take him to the cross. They didn't take him there. He went. Because when they came to arrest him in the garden that day, they said, We've come to find Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, who is it? He said, I am. And when he said, I am, all the soldiers fell down. That means that he could have walked away. And he willingly went to the cross. Now, that day that he went to the cross in our place, God asked him to go. The Bible says that him who knew no sin became sin. See, the the church world today has taught you that Jesus took your sins. He didn't. He became sin. That's a major difference because if he just took your sins, then the next time you sin, you're standing guilty. But if he took sin, period, that means he died for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's on the earth and ever lived and ever will live. He took sin and became it. So much so that that God turned his back on Jesus. And Jesus cried from the cross. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God. That's the cry of a sinner. Why have you forsaken me? And the earth went black and the sun refused to shine. And the sun and all of earth turned its back on Jesus as he took sin and became sin. But that was, then it says, when he said that, he died. A lot of times we think, we don't think anything about that because we've been to a lot of funerals. But Jesus was not mortal. Jesus was not mortal. Unless he sinned or became sin, he couldn't die. They couldn't kill him. He'd still be walking the earth today. But because he became sin, he allowed God to pour all the sin of humanity on him. That sin killed him. That's, that when he was in the garden, that was the thing he said he didn't want to do. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the whipping It was Father turning his back on him and rejecting him. I've said a lot to you right now, and so I want to read some scriptures because I want to prove what I've said is true. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Him who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Romans 4.25 said, He was delivered because of our offense, but he was raised for our justification. Isaiah 53.4 says, Surely he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities, and, and the chastisement of our peace was on him. By his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep had gone astray. We turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. In Isaiah 53.10, I think it's 54.10, and it pleased the Lord to bruise him, for he made him sick. And Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You know, years ago when I read that, I thought, why did you put Jesus as a snake and not as a lamb? Because yes, though he was the Lamb of God, that he became sin for us and and took it all into himself. What that happened to him when that happened, he died. He didn't just die physically. He died spiritually. Now, there are people today who say because Jesus is God, he can't do that. Well, then let me ask you a question. Was he tempted? God can't be tempted. So how was Jesus tempted? Because he left his deity behind. He walked the earth as man. That's why his name is not Christ. It's Jesus. Because it was a man that got us in the mess It was going to be a man that had to get us out. And he had to do it as a man. So because you were dead in sins, let me ask you a question. Were you physically dead in sins? No, No, you weren't. 
So if Jesus was going to redeem you, physical death wouldn't do it. He had to become sin. He had to die and be separated from God. Now, I want to ask you a question. Some of you have had to believe God as he asked you to do things. How would you like to be Jesus and have Father say, I want you to become sin and go to hell for me? Trust me to get you out. Big deal. Three and a half years of training. And in the garden, Jesus went, is there another way to do this? Because I don't want to do this. But he loved you and I so much that he knew without his blood, you would not make it. And we wouldn't have. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. There's a lot of religious figures on the earth today. And there's people today that say, well, there's a lot of religions. Well, there are a lot of religions, but they all teach right and wrong. But isn't right and wrong going to get you? If you're dead in sin, living right doesn't fix dead. You understand that? So the only way was for Jesus to die. So after this, he went down into the region of the damned. He went into hell. And a lot of people say, well, I I don't know if I agree with that. Well, then good. Let me me read a few scriptures to you then. Acts 2.25 says, David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is at my right hand. This is David, uh, uh, Peter preaching about David in the book of Acts. He says, at my right hand, therefore my heart rejoices, my tongue was glad. My flesh will rest in hope, for you shall not leave my soul in hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And Peter completes it by saying, David is in the grave today. He didn't rise from the dead. He wasn't talking about himself. He's talking about the Messiah. So Peter's preaching a sermon on the Messiah dying and going down in the region of the damned. So Jesus went into hell for three days and three nights. That's what it took to pay. You say, well, why was it only three days and three nights? Listen, one minute in hell might as well be eternity. Aren't you glad he went and not you? Matthew 12, 40, here's another one. It says, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Pharisees had, a, had, had come to Jesus and said, if you're the Son of God, we want a sign. Give us a sign. I mean, after you raise three people from the dead, walk on water and feed 4,000 people twice, and they want a sign. I'm thinking, okay, guys, you really want a sign? So Jesus looked at him and said, only an adulterous generation asked for a sign. I'm going to give you one. Do you remember the story of Jonah, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? He died and came back. Did you know the Ninevites worshiped the fish? You see, if a fish barfs a man up, they will listen to him. They repented after Jonah came out of that big old fish. And I don't think it was a whale. I think it was a Jewfish. I'm joking. I don't know what it was. I have a friend that was fishing off the coast of Cocoa Beach, and he came up on a 500-pound Jewfish. He thought it was a cave. He swam in it and back out. And then he saw what appeared to be a large bowling ball. It was the eye. He shot that fish with a spear gun with a 44 Magnum powerhead. He was in a John boat. He brought that fish. Now, I'm just thinking to myself, what if that fish, while he was in there, went, (gasps) we'd have had Jonah number two, would we not have? Anyway, he's telling me this story, and I'm thinking, are you serious? She swam in the mouth of a Jewfish, a huge one. He said he made a lot of money that day. You know, not everything you eat. You know, when you go to the restaurant, it says scallops. You know what that means? They don't know what it was. They just got it out of the ocean. They just, it could be shark. It could be anything. And I know y'all from north and come down here. We had scallops. You don't know what you're eating. <laughs> Something some kid brought in on a John boat, probably. Now, I want to read this out of Jonah chapter 2. Listen, listen to this, because Jesus is going to, he said, Jonah is going to be a sign unto you. So what happened to Jonah? Jonah prayed to the Lord from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of mine affliction, and he answered me. 
Out of the belly of Sheol, or hell, I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast, how many of you think that you could live in a fish for three days and not drown? You know, when we were, when the boys were young, we had these videos, and uh, Jonah's inside the belly of the well, and he's got a candle. I'd like to know where he got the matches, you know. You know, we've always had this idea that Jonah was alive in that, you know, thing down there swishing around going, are you serious? No, he died. Well, what happened to his spirit, man? He went to hell. I'm going to show you that. I want you to see this. For you cast me to the deep and into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your billows and waves passed over me. And I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The water surrounded me even to my soul. The deep closed around me, and weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the mooring of the mountains, and the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. And yet you brought me out of the pit. You ever seen a mountain in a fish? No, there's no mountains and fishes. He left that fish, his spirit left that fish and went down into hell. And God brought him up out of hell to go preach to the Ninevites. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a sign that I am him, the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was three days and three nights in that fish's belly and came back, I'm going three days into hell, but I'm coming back. Okay. Can I jump ahead of my sermon real fast? Why do we celebrate the resurrection? Yeah. Did God accept the sacrifice of the cross? How do you know? Because he raised Jesus from the dead. See, if Jesus died on the cross, you're still in your sins. But if he raised him from the dead, your sins have been paid. So God proved that he accepted what Jesus did by getting him out. We'll get into that in just a minute. Is this exciting? Okay. This is not just a day where we go, he rose. Let's go have a hamburger. Okay. Luke 16, 23, I want to read this. Um, many years I come in here and I preach a whole sermon on Easter on this one thing. I opted not to do it today. But in Luke 16, 23, it says, And the rich man being in hell lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am tormented in this flame. Let me ask you a question. What part of your anatomy drinks water, your spirit, your soul, or your flesh? Your flesh. Your flesh is the only part of you that craves H2O. Now, this rich man is in hell asking for water, but his body is in the grave. So what's he wanting? He wants out. All right, let me ask you this. If you were in hell and you had one request, a glass of water or to get out, tell me which one you want. Out. So what did he mean by that? What What was he talking about? Well, Jesus said to the woman at the well... If you had asked me, I would have given you living water, which would be springing up inside of you into eternal life. You see, when Jesus came into the earth, it says in him was Zoe, and Zoe was the life of light, the light of man. He was the only man walking the earth that was, his spirit man was alive. But when he went to the cross, his spirit man died. So that means that Jesus had to be born again, again. Wow, I want you to think about that. Because he's substitute man. He has become your substitute. He went to the cross for you. He went to hell for you. In order to complete your redemption, he must be born again for you. You ever read the scripture, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you? Okay, good. So here's a man in hell, and he wants one drop of zoe. Jesus says, I am the life. One drop of Jesus. That's it. Come on, somebody say, that's exciting. That's it. That's all that's required of you. All that's required is that you believe he died and rose from the dead. His death 
now becomes your substitute. That becomes your payment to God. If you choose not to, you get to pay yourself. So when you die, you go to hell forever. That's a powerful statement. Even though it's free, three quarters of the people on the earth said, I don't think so. I'll do it my way. If you're a Muslim, let me help you with something. Your blood cannot wash you from sin. So becoming a martyr will not save you. There's only one man's blood that's pure. That's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody gets to God but through me. Now, you can wish and hope and hope and wish all you want to, but it doesn't change the truth of it. Okay. Are y'all ready? Because I got a few more scriptures. Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. What does that mean, firstborn? First one born again. So let's listen to this. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. When Jesus died and went down in the region of the damned, for the first time in 4,000 years, the devil has a man in hell illegally. So God looks down from heaven and he says, I know why you got David. I know why you got Moses. Why do you have my son Jesus? For the first time, there is a man in hell illegally. And the Spirit of God legally was able to go down and get him. And he was born again in the region of the damned. And there is not two Holy Ghosts. There's not three. There's only one Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that brought him out of hell is the same Holy Ghost that came to live inside of you when you gave your heart to Jesus. So if you died right now and went to hell, you just walk around. Because hell is the absence of God. Hell is the absence of love. Hell is the absence of joy. It's the absence of peace. Everything that God is, when you die without Jesus in you, you die without God in you. And you go into eternity without love, without peace, without joy. And you are forever without him. And that's called hell. Hell is where Jesus is. Hell, I mean, heaven's where Jesus is. Hell's where he isn't. So Jesus is down in hell, and, and God's not in him, not with him, until the day God said enough. And, and the claims of justice were satisfied, and Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, he didn't die for himself, so he didn't rise for himself. So his resurrection was not for him, it was for you. That resurrection, we're not here today celebrating Jesus rising from the dead. We're celebrating me and you rising from the dead. That was the day that I came out of hell on earth. If the same spirit, you understand that, that when, whenever Jesus rose from the dead, because he had done no wrong. He grabs his body, walks into Jerusalem, and he said, hey, guys, I've come back. I've got good news for you. The hell couldn't hold me because I hadn't sinned, but I pulled the wool over the devil's eyes, and I paid for yours while I was doing it, so hell can't hold you down. We're supposed to have been going around preaching this as good news. We're not doing that. Yo, ugly thing, you. Yo, sorry thing, straighten up your act and fly right. Well, no wonder people are staying out of church by in the droves. Have enough hell without coming to church and us adding to it. All of you visitors had a good place to say hallelujah, amen. If you're a visitor today, I'm going to tell you why you don't come to church. Everybody outside of Jesus is already under damnation. And you feel it. What you didn't know was that Jesus paid the price. In the moment, and I'm going to show you in a minute how to pray one simple prayer and stop all condemnation. If you're interested. If you're not, you're not very bright. But that's okay. There's a lot of non-bright people on the planet. All right, let me read some more to you. Ephesians 2.4. God who's rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, 
even when you were dead in trespasses, He made you alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, unmerited favor, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I was 22 and I heard that, I went to the altar so fast, I don't remember going down there. I was like, I slid in. No, you know, I just, I mean, I came in like I was hitting home base. I thought, they, before God changes his mind, let me pray. <laughs> you didn't know what I was like. Amen. All right. Romans 4.25, he was delivered because of your sins when he was raised to make you righteous. Amen. So the resurrection... There Romans 5, 1, therefore, having been made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go to John chapter 20 in your Bible, and I want to read a scripture to you now. We've got one more area we've got to talk about before I let y'all go to Perkins <laughs> or wherever you're going. Lisa's got a roast, and I told her, I says, do not ever cook a roast if I'm preaching. You don't know when, you don't, you, don't, you don't want to burn the thing, you know. I mean, I might not get done at noon. Yeah, this is, but she put it in a crock pot, so it's okay. It won't be done till 4 o'clock. I asked her. I said, when's this big old hunk of meat going to be ready, baby? This is looking good. All right. So I've got till 4 to preach. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. I'm not joking. I'm not. Y'all are hoping I'm joking. I want to read one more thing to you because we're not finished yet. You know, on the... On the we, we, when we read the story of Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. Redemption wasn't finished. The Old Testament was finished. That was when the temple was torn from the top to the bottom and God came out and said, that's the end of the Old Covenant. That's the end of that. But it, redemption wasn't finished because Jesus hadn't finished. He hadn't taken his blood to the mercy seat yet. Yes. So let's read his story. Have you all ever wondered about the, when he died on the cross, all of the graves opened up in town And the Bible tells us nothing about that. Would that not be cool? When we get to heaven, you come over to my uh, mansion. I'm going to download all of these videos. I want to watch this. Abraham, Jonah, everybody walking through the city. Was that not like a hoot? Y'all don't have no imagination at all. Y'all just, I'm in the wrong church. I need to become a Baptist or something, okay? Okay, or a Catholic. All right. At least they have holy water. John 20, verse 11. Mary stood out by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at his feet, where the body of Jesus was laying. And when they said to her, they said, Woman, why are you weeping? She said, Because they've taken my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. And when she said this, she turned and she saw Jesus standing and didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'm going to take him away. And Jesus says, Mary. And she said, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said, don't cling to me. I have not ascended to my father, but go to my brethren. Notice he didn't say my disciples my brethren, and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. What's he about to do? Up until now, for 4,000 years, guys, God has had the law and the prophets and said, this is the standard. And the only way to walk into the Holy of Holies was once a year to be the high priest. And if you did anything wrong, you dropped dead. And under the Old Testament... There was a day the cart was coming by and the ark was on it and the man touched it and and God struck him dead. Now you understand, that's the power of God and he's a holy God. But Jesus is about to enter the holy of holies with his blood. And he's about to take the judgment seat and he's about to pour his blood all over it. And the judgment seat is going to become the mercy seat. So that anybody can come in. So that all judgment 
stops toward mankind. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Folks, this is so good. This is very good news. I want to read a few scriptures again to you. Hebrews 9. If Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the holy place once and for all and obtained an eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer and sprinkling the unclean sanctified for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You understand that the blood of Jesus can clean you as though you have never done anything wrong in your life. Somebody say hallelujah. When God sees the blood, he realizes right then your debt was paid. And so all that's left for you is mercy. So now God can love you like you're perfect. Quit telling him in prayer how imperfect you are. He doesn't know it. Let him alone. Let him, as long as he doesn't know it, I'm perfectly fine. 924, Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven now to appear in the presence of God for us. Hebrews 10, 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. In Romans 3, 24, being made righteous freely by grace through the redemption that's in Christ in whom God sent to be a propitiation. Now, that's one big fancy word, isn't it? It just means mercy seat. He became the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because of the forbearance God had passed over sins were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. That he might not only be just, but the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. Romans 5, much more having been made righteous by the blood, we will be saved from wrath through Jesus. Verse 10, and when we were enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we're saved by his life. And in Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So let me ask you a question. You're going to stand in a court of law, and the lawyer is there hollering and screaming about all the things you've done wrong. You can't plead not guilty because you are. If you plead guilty, you're going to, the, you're going to jail. If you plead not guilty, you're lying. How do you plead? The blood. Are you all Okay. When you're standing before the judge, which is God, and he said, how do you plead? And you say, I plead the blood. God says, go free. I want to ask you all a question. You've read the Bible. You remember the story of Barabbas? Barabbas was a murdering thief. But the day that they decided to nail Jesus to the cross, they had to let one guy go. So Barabbas is in prison, and he knows the next day he's going to the cross. And the soldier comes down, and he unlocks the gate, and he says, Barabbas, come on out. And he goes, well, this is a day early. Where are we going? He said, you're going home. He said, what do you mean I'm going home? Why am I going home? Someone took your place. You see, when the prosecutor comes to get you, they're going to say, you're free. Someone took your place. (laughs) Now the devil, now he is the prosecutor. But the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you, he is your parakletos. 
He is your attorney. God is judge, but the paracletos is your journey. Jesus has died and shed his blood. The Holy Ghost is the one doing your pleading for you. So you just be quiet and let the Holy Ghost plead your case. And he'll get you out of any mess you have ever got yourself into. I'll make a holy roll out of some of y'all before long. Hallelujah. If you would, put Romans 10, 9, and 10 on the screen. I want everybody to see it. Teresa, I'm going to do this today, and I hope this is fine with you. I want to tell about how. Teresa called me one day, and she says, I want you to go talk to my dad. Now, I remember this because it was not long ago. What, a year, two, two years. You know, I walked in the hospital room, and Teresa's dad was dying of cancer, but he was not a Christian, and he knew it. And uh, when I walked in there, the Bible says that we're hopeless. And this man had hopelessness written all over him because he's a sinner, and he knows he's going to die, and he knows he's going to hell. Now, that's, that's, that's a terrible place to be. And they're relying on me to help him? I ought to be glad they sent me. Because I walked in there, and I said, how? How's it going? He goes, not good. And I said, are you a Christian? He says, no. He said, Pastor, I don't understand. I'm not a believer. I don't believe this. And I said, you don't? He said, no. He said, I don't understand. I said, Hal, I don't understand either. I said, there's nothing in the Bible that says understand. So I sat down and I read John 3, 16 and 17 to him. And, and I showed him and I said to this, I said, Hal, I want you to make a statement to you. Did you know no one goes to hell for sinning? And you know, the world has never heard that. I'm not saying it's okay to sin. I'm just telling you that God cannot legally send a man to hell after Jesus has paid the debt. That's, That's a statement. And I showed it to him in the Bible. And, he, and he's sitting there looking at me. If I hadn't read it, he wouldn't have believed the thing I said. But I'm reading it to him. This is the condemnation. Light came in the world. Men love darkness rather than light. But he that believes is not condemned. And I read it to him, and I said, you're not under, those, everybody born again. He said, but, but, I, but, but I, I don't understand all of this. And I turned to Romans 10, 9, and 10 with him. I told him a little bit about my story. And I want to show you what I read to him. If you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And he looked up at me like, that's it? I said, that's it? And I said, you do believe he died on the cross, don't you? He said, yes, I do. I said, why don't you ask him to come in and be the Lord of your life? And I remembered it, and I wished that I had videoed it. I don't, you know, you don't know enough to do this. He grabbed my hand so hard, I thought he was going to break my fingers. And he was so serious. He said, oh, God, I do believe. And I am a sinner. But I do believe Jesus died for me. And I do believe he rose from the dead. I ask you to come in my heart and be the Lord of my life. Oh, if I could have videoed his face. He lit up like a neon sign. I saw the spirit of God come into him, recreate that man's spirit, wash all his sins away, and make him new. Laying in that bed, tears started running out of his face, lifted his hands in the air, and started worshiping God. One minute going to hell, next minute on his way to heaven. Uh, can I, can y'all handle the rest of the story? You want to hear? The, I think Teresa likes to hear the rest of it. So I looked at him and I said, well, we've been here a while. I'm going to come see you. And when I went back, he was gone. He was at home at uh, Teresa's mother's house, laying in the living room in a bed. And I came in there and I says, I'm going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, well, I've been too bad. I said, no, you're washing the blood now. And I sat there and talked to him for a few minutes, and I left about 30 minutes later. He's laying there speaking in tongues. One week before that, going to hell, now he's a saint of God, just praying in the Holy Ghost. And he looked at me, and he said, I've had some of the most amazing miracle I've ever had in my life. And I thought he was going to tell me he got healed of cancer. He said, my family has received me and forgiven me. To him, he had, that, was, that was it. That was just like, and he just laid there. He's the happiest man I ever saw in my life. Dying of cancer, just happy as a dog with a T-bone steak. 
What was it, about a month later, he called me from someplace in Ohio. And he says, these people here won't let me go home to heaven. (laughs) And I said, how, what do you want? He says, I want to go home. I said, when? He said, tonight. He said, I told him to call you. You'd pray. I said, okay, Hal, let's pray. I got a phone call next morning. Jesus came, got him, took him to heaven. Isn't that awesome? In a moment, I want to do something. There are people, and you're sitting in here right now, and, and you're not bad people. You know, Finney started altar calls, but altar calls are not designed to embarrass you. It's just your way of standing up and going, I'm about to make a confession before God. And I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to ask anybody in this room that you have never publicly confessed Jesus as Lord. That's all you've got to do is say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Now, if you want to do that, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you're in here and going, you know what? I want to do this. Thank you, sir. Anybody else in here? Come on, there's some more people in this room. Stay standing. Stay standing. I'm going to do one more. I want to do one more. Please, just bear with me a minute. In 1 John 1, 9, would you put that on the screen? Just stay standing here a minute. He said, you know, we're talking to Christians now. How many of you have missed it since you got saved? Thank you. We got some. We got some. I want to show you something. If, if you confess your sins... He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness. One more. How many of you in here used to walk with God and you know you're a Christian and you know you're not walking with him now? You've fallen back. If you would do me the favor, stand up. We're going to pray for you. Anybody in here who goes, that's me. I've, I've, I've not been living the way I should. This is not to embarrass anybody. There's, there's people around the room. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to embarrass y'all. I'm not even going to pull the Billy Graham and say, come up. I don't need to do that. Thank you for having the guts to say, I believe in Jesus publicly. No, stand up, come on, stand up. I want you guys that are standing to pray, and I'm going to ask everybody to pray with them. I don't want them to feel like that. I just stood there like an idiot and praying all by myself. Would you all do me a favor? Let's pray and let's ask God. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for what you did for me. I realize I am a sinner. I can't make it on my own merit. But today, I found out you paid my debts thank you so much you said in the Bible that if I believe you died on that cross and rose from the dead for me I would be saved I believe that Lord Jesus come in my heart and be the Lord of my life wash all my sins away write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am saved. Give these guys a big hand. Amen. 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 Come here, brother. Come here. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to come over here and give this guy a hug. I'm going to do one more thing. This is so simple. You have no idea how many friends I have. Listen, I came out of the world. I was a dope-smoking hippie. I wish someone had told me this. I didn't know that he did this for me. I spent my whole life running from a God who was angry at me. He wasn't angry at me at all. He loved me. The day I prayed this prayer changed my life forever. His mercy's been on me for over 42 years. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that good, good? 
I'll hug you in a minute. It's Easter. People are going to be talking about the resurrection. If you ever learn one scripture, just learn Romans 10, 9, and 10 and read it to people. Just look at them and say, give me your hand, pray with me. Can I tell another story? I'm going to anyway, but say yes. I had a boy come to my youth group one time, and he was from Holland. And he thought that we were having an orgy. I don't know who told him that. But he said, that's what church is in Holland. So when he came that night, I asked him, would he like to be born again? And he said, da. I didn't know that meant no. I thought da was ya. So I grabbed his hand and I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, just like I did these guys. And, and he walked out of there and went, I don't know why he did that. I don't even want. And on the way home that night, the kids walked up to him in the youth group and said, welcome to the kingdom. On the way home that night, he bowed his head again. He said, oh God, I didn't mean it when he prayed. But I mean it now. Be the Lord of my life. And he got saved going home. It's amazing what, would ha- what happens to people. And I don't have time. I'm out of time. to tell you hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, Nancy, my sister Nancy will be here in two weeks. The day she sat in my living room. A complete zombie strung out on drugs and her brain was gone grabbed her by the hand and said pray with me and led her to the Lord and immediately she snapped out of it and became normal right in front of my face isn't that awesome you didn't just get your sins forgiven you and Jesus are one person This is the day we celebrate you were raised from the dead. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.